Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, including Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, Star Wars Rebels, Moonbeam City, and Ruby. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stillball. Hello. Today, Delaney and I will be discussing Ruby. It's our first Ruby podcast. Uh, Volume 3 is here. And uh, we will be covering Ruby every single week uh, on probably Sunday afternoons or nights on uh, here at Overly Animated. OverlyAnimated.com is where you can find out everything about this podcast if you're new uh, to the podcast. You can get all the information there. Um, we cover the shows I mentioned in the beginning every episode to episode. And uh, yeah, Ruby airing, it's it's weird kind of Saturday mornings, kind of Sunday mornings, but we're going to go along with the public release schedule and discuss it uh, with podcasts up sometimes on Sunday. So there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, and we'll have more information on future podcasts and stuff at the end of the podcast. But for now, we're going to get right into Ruby. This, since this is our first uh, discussion topic for for Ruby. By the way, if you've not seen the show before, R-W-B-Y, all capital letters, and um, which was lampshaded right in the beginning of the show. And uh, it... Uh, yeah, I would recommend watching it. I mean, I don't know if you'd be listening to this without having seen the show before, but both of the first seasons are on Netflix and the show's also on Rooster Teeth's website. So uh, we're going to get our give our background on Ruby to start and to talk about general opinions of the show. And then we're going to talk about the specific thing. This won't be every week, just this week, because it's our first one. So let me go first to tell, to give Delaney an example of what I'm, what I'm talking about here. Um, so I've been watching Ruby since, uh, sometime in volume two, I caught up. Um, and yeah, so I marathon season one, I was watching week to week during season two and I've been waiting, uh, you know, for the over a year it's been since, since volume two ended. And I recently rewatched both seasons and, uh, wrote short reviews on overlyanimated.com's blog section, which you can check out. I'm a very big fan of, of Ruby. I've, I find myself more into it now, even than I was before, probably because my main fandom show, Korra, has ended since then, Legend of Korra. And so, like, other shows, which kind of took, uh, second fiddle to Korra in my, in my fandomness, uh, are, are being bumped up. Uh, what do I like in, uh, in Ruby, I thought I, I thought I liked um, season one more than season two initially, but when I rewatched them, it seems obvious season two is an improvement. Uh, I think the show is genuinely good, although of course it has you know um, finicky animation sometimes. Uh, its its writing is uh, it's not always a plus. Um, although I I do very much enjoy the characters and stuff like that. My favorite characters are uh, Ruby and Weiss, and if I have shipping biases, it, it would be White Rose, uh, but. Um, I am very anti-shipping recently, so I, I don't know if that'll be manifest too much other than, you know, my screenshot, screenshot selection, which will probably be whenever there's a White Rose moment for the podcast. So there that you go. bias is around always. Yes. For the FYI, for all of the screen caps always. I just, I mean, I'm going to pick the ones which are best, which is obviously for the, for the uh, volume two review, it was that one incredible shot of Weiss and Ruby, like on top of the the train at like the second to last chapter. That was like my favorite shot of the show. Um, Okay. Delaney, uh, all those things that I just said, how do they apply to you? Uh, well, I tried, um, I watched, see, the problem is, okay, fun fact, if you watch it on Netflix, they have the volume set in, like, movies, so you can watch volume one in, like, two hours, and then you can watch volume two in, like, two and a half hours, so, like, I can't, I can't do it by chapter, I don't know what the chapters are, I can do it, 
like when I was watching it go black and I'm like, okay, that was the end of an episode, but, or like what, or they did that or whatever. So, um, over the summer has like several people on the podcast were like, watch Ruby. And I'm like, okay, watched it. I got like half, I actually watched more than I thought I did. I got like almost completely through volume one. I really liked it. I dropped the ball in like school and like was watching other stuff. But now you have marathoned all of it today. (laughs) Yes. Today I have like literally finished marathoning like five minutes ago. So you're very, you're all very fresh in your head. And I also recently marathoned it. So we should be, we should be good for that. Of note on Netflix, when the difference between watching on Netflix and on the Rooster Teeth's website, which initially I watched them on Rooster Teeth's website, is that it's just like that you get the episode divides and that the main credits um, appear on every episode. Um, which I'm a fan yeah, of. I, whenever I watch animes, I always watch the theme, the, t- the theme song every every episode. So you know, I, I got excited every time we'd start a new like season. So I'm like, I want to see the credits because like I, I don't get to see it on the, on Netflix until like the season ends. Yeah, so, and and I also think it's an interesting interesting to see uh, chapter by chapter versus. Uh, just whole season by whole season. Like I watched them both did both ways and it's uh, the seasons kind of fit together better than you might think they would watching a week to week. I think like season two in retrospect, uh, I think works pretty well kind of just as this giant long movie. Well, coming off of like, you know, like just the only other example of an episodic thing I've watched Carmilla, Carmilla season two functions better as an entire season than week by week. But even in the season, it's not that great. Like as a season, watching ruby like i didn't feel like i was watching episodes like it's just like this is all happening at once and it's amazing it's a movie like so it'll be i will probably report back as we do this week by week about how like how it changes my viewing experience and like how i feel about it because i'm used to watching things episodically but i'm not like like ruby just does really well and just like it's a really great just sit down and watch all of it which is like that's definitely kudos to Ruby. Like that's great. Like it was a good quality to have. Yeah, cool. Okay, what about uh, personal um, opinions on the show, characterships, etc.? Um, basically, uh, like everything you said about like the quality of the show. Like you know, the writing isn't always like the best, and um, the animation gets a little wonky at times. Even though I enjoy it, like uh, one of the first times when I watched it over the summer, one of the first things I said was. This was like a video game. Like I don't want to watch Ruby. I want to play Ruby. Like I want to like I want like I want to play it. And um, so like the animation doesn't bother me too much because it, it just looks like a video game. Like this doesn't bother me, and I like it. Um, the, you know the fight scenes are awesome, and like it's very different. I'm not used to watching something that's literally just fight scenes the whole time, which is great. Like it's not a bad thing. And the interesting fight scenes, characters, you know. Yeah, characters. I was gonna say, uh, my favorite character is Blake. Which I liked Blake from the beginning, and then as it just continued, I'm like, Blake's just the best character. Um, I do like, I mean, I like all the characters. Yang's great. I actually got upset in today's episode where they like, they were, they said, um, oh, they picked the heiress and the bimbo. I was like, hey, that's not okay. <laughs> Love her. Um, and I, I think one of my favorite parts of the show is. Um, Ruby and Yang's dynamic because um, I just I'm just a sucker for sibling dynamics and we don't really get a lot of um, very like healthy sister relationships a lot of times like because again you know, a lot of media is getting focused on like it's very male dominant but then also um, you have like a brother and a sister or you have two sisters who like hate each other but like this is just like it's just great and actually Emerald summed it up today and was like 
why are they so happy all the time? Like, I love it. Like, it's just such a good thing. And I really enjoy it instead of like, I don't know, it's just so great to watch a show like this and not be like annoyed the entire time. Like the characters are all just great. And like, we don't have like dumb drama except for like the ball. But you know. Well, there is some dumb drama, definitely. But oh, uh, there's some dumb drama. But like, it's not as severe. Season two probably <laughs> mostly moved past it. Yeah. Ruby and Yang specifically are the ones that are just happy all the time. That's great. Well, that was one of my favorite lines, too, from this episode. Uh, Some background for you. I don't know how much you know, but uh, Ruby is made by Rooster Teeth, which is a, um, it's like, it's hard to, I'm not uh, super into Rooster Teeth, but I'm aware of, you know, like everything going on. Um, A, like, Texas-based video production company that mostly does, like, internet uh, comedy video gaming content. (laughs) So this is not their typical content. And the reason the animation is not, you know, professional quality is because this is like an in-house non-network made animated show right so it's like all done on their in-house software and or maybe they use software and it's just animated all within rooster teeth studios so it's pretty impressive that they've amassed a kind of production team this big and to have a show of this high uh, quality all in-house um the biggest thing about the animation i felt like was between volumes one and two, we kind of get crew. Volume one kind of very noticeably has uh, no background people animated, and they're just all yeah. kind of uh, blackout uh, cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and then that uh, got uh, updated for volume two. Um, what did it you? Was interesting in volume. Yeah, it was. I didn't think it. I didn't think it was that big of a, a deal, honestly. Do you I think the? I liked it. Like it was different. Yeah, it was kind of like a stylistic thing too. It seemed like. Um, yeah. Do you think the animation now in Volume 3 is, like, significantly better than Volume 1? Uh, okay, so I went from watching it on my roommate's TV, because I was using her Netflix, to my phone. And at first I was like, is this my phone being weird? And then, like, I mean, I, my phone has good, like, resolution or whatever. And then I was like, no, oh my god, the show just looks so much better. <laughs> like, there is a distinct difference. Like, I was shocked. Like, I actually had to, like pause for a moment like I was just like looking at Ruby's face because I was like she looks different why and it took me like longer than it should have to realize that the quality of animation had gotten better yeah yeah I think it's just it's just uh in general better now although I I think it's still kind of in the same category as as volume one the backgrounds kind of stood out in this episode which was interesting they might have been colors it seemed much brighter it did seem more vivid now too yeah there's a lot more saturation and like um uh I don't, I, I'm, I, there's a better word for this, but everything's like shiny. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Like it looks nice, but it's just, it was very, it's very different than what we've been saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it in general looks better, although it's, it's, it's a little different. It's, I don't know if it's necessarily like, uh, objectively better in every, in every sense. Yeah, no, there, it just, it's, it is definitely different. It might be, might be more subjective if you think it's better or not. Yeah, there was, there's still like, uh, background people not moving very much. Kind of, uh, yeah. Ruby and Yang's father in the background of the uh, intro scene was like not, he, he was, uh, he was a painting. He was not like an animation. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into it. Uh, chapter one. I didn't even say what episode we we're covering. It's ra- chapter one called Round One. Uh, Slightly not sure if in the titles of these I should put the episode name or the chapter or number or both because I don't know if anyone knows the like the chapter names. Anyway, uh, Delaney, what did you think of uh, chapter one of volume three? I liked it. It was good. Um, I the, again phenomenal fight scenes and it was, um, and it, you know I like seeing like the different teams. And I really like this kind of goblet of fire thing they got going on, yeah, like the tournament thing. 
Uh, I'm a sucker for those kinds of things. And, like, the character designs were interesting for the their opponents, obviously. Like, Ruby and them haven't, like, changed that much. And um, like, it was just a really good fight scene. Um, and I really enjoyed that um, we also have the Hunger Games kind of thing where they're changed. Like, the environment is randomized, which... You know, that's, oh, that's such, like, a basic concept. Whatever. Okay. But, like, they do it really interestingly with the fight. And, like, they definitely use the environment the entire time. Like, it actually took me a minute to understand what was going on. So maybe that may be a little bit. Because, like, I didn't understand why the arena was like that until, like, the second round. Yeah. The, yeah. They, we don't see the beginning of it until the the end of the episode. Yeah. Which, that's just, I think that's a problem with Ruby in general is that you're just kind of in the middle of everything. And you're like, I have no idea what's going on. Which might not necessarily be a problem, it's just confusing at times. Like, you know, you don't always want to be spoon-fed things, but I was a little confused. But it was really great, the noodle scene. My favorite part of the episode, because Blake's my favorite, so I'm going to be biased all the time about Blake, was Blake's face with the fish. Like, I, like, so great. So we're getting pretty heavy into the, Blake is just, like, literally a cat, so she's just going to behave like a cat cat. things now. So what do you think, I've heard that this might be like a, uh, I don't know, I've been looking at fan reactions a lot. I've seen both angles. I've seen like, oh, this is, you know, funny and fine for a character. I've also seen this is just making her character like one note as opposed to like this uh, kind of this quiet brooding type she was in volume one. Now she's just a cat. I don't, I don't think they're like, granted, I'm also like just come off of season one. Like I just literally watched all of it today. So, I mean, mine, my, I mean, my opinion might be a bit skewed, but I'm in, well, she's my favorite. So, I mean, I got a little, I was a little offended about the laser pointer thing. Like earlier, <laughs> I was like, are you, I was like, sh- I was like, are you kidding me? But I don't think it like, I actually think it's kind of important to have elements like this for a character like Blake, because you have, you know, the broody, like quiet bookish type, which like, that's a character trope. But then you have something like this where it, kind of, it doesn't flesh her out. But like, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of like humor, you know, kind of like, humanized her a little more like no i don't know like because a lot of times that brutish like oh i've seen this character so many times boring i don't care blake blake is much more likable now i think um i mean i liked her a lot in the beginning but yeah it's it's i i I think they've been adding depth to her rather than like destroying her character yeah like in the beginning she was just the quiet pretty one and now she's they're all pretty but um and now they're she's and then she was the quiet super moral character um and now she's like the kind of um there's humorous elements about her and she's still the super moral character and everything about that you can be all of these things and still be the same person i love coming out of her shell yeah yeah i think so i love that uh speaking of that i love that blake is kind of this subversion on the typical brooding brooding character archetype um in that uh she's actually like the most moral character on the show usually the brooding character is like unfeeling and blake's not apathetic blake's entire thing is that she like literally stated in her character motivations in uh volume two when um when Ublek asked them about, you know, why they're going to be huntresses, um, she's she's wants to do what's right and what's best for the world, and that's not how any of the other characters really function. Um, oh. So yeah, I, I I love that about her, um, as opposed yeah, to other really brooding characters I haven't like connected to, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll get into it more. I I yeah, I also like this. Um, the show. So comparing it to kind of volume two, just chapter one, because that's a good analog. I mean, they both have uh, try to introduce things again quietly. They both have uh, 
these fights, which they want to start off with a bang, but they don't want to have anything of plot relevance consequentialness in terms of the fights. This is easier. Like, so last, last season they had to do this, uh, food fight thing, which didn't, I don't think, I don't think worked completely. Um, but they're, but they're definitely doing it for the reasons of wanting an action sequence, uh, that didn't, uh, have to advance the plot here. They have a better, um, you know, kind of device to do that through the tournament, uh, which, which is just more naturally presented. We've been talking about this tournament since season one, so I'm glad we're actually finally yeah. doing it. It's it's very interesting. Like it's here at last. Yeah, it's like we get the char- the people from other schools coming in season one, and now we're just getting to the tournament. I wonder how much time has passed. I'm not sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'm season two, they had just started the second semester. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the they, they have not uh, advanced a grade yet, so. Right. Like, they're, I think they're just in their second semester. Okay. Yeah. So there was a line in season two where they were like, last semester, like, because classes, the, yeah, because the food fight was the day before classes were to start back. Okay, I see. So this is From pretty like, pretty recent time wise, and yeah, in uh, in volume two. Okay. Uh, to me, the best part, uh, I think the the fight scene was um, okay. I, that's that's the biggest kind of question mark holding over this season. Um, I mean, I guess, okay, but I mean, it's a good uh, struggle with how to approach this topic on the podcast. This is kind of a good time to bring it up. Um, the show, the big cloud hanging over the show is the death of series creator Monty Ohm. And um, it's not, he was not involved in most of production for the season. And seeing the effects of what that's going to have on the show, the biggest thing you would expect is um, I think that the quality, or at least what I would expect. See, my impression of his role in the show was that he was more involved in the direction than the writing towards the end. So I would expect uh, things like fight scenes to be less uh, obviously going to maintain their quality. Like I think uh, Carrie and Miles, who are now you know running things and who are, I think, composed of the writing team anyway, or it's, I, I would expect that to stay kind of constant. Um so I think that's a big question mark, and I think a lot of people might look at the tournament fight scenes and be like, wow, this is boring, and uh, maybe this is evidence that it's not going to be as good now, um, but I think it was fine. Like, it had it had some interesting elements to it, the, these tournament scenes. Well, uh, I think it'll depend on how it goes, like, because it might get repetitive simply because it's tournament style, and, like, you know, we've had fights on trains and fights here, here, and here, and that's just simply from the plot, so I think it might might also just be, like, a product of, like, it being a tournament. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true, and I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how if they just keep showing tournament scenes, how they can vary it up. I think the changing of the number of people involved is a good decision. Yeah, no, uh, I was excited. I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, I don't know if I could watch like several episodes of this. Like, there's probably two. Yeah, there was the other team they're facing. We can talk about that. There is, it was probably a too much going on. We had to keep track of everyone involved, and then a lot of times it seemed like someone someone was just standing there until the action came to them. Um, so I don't know. Um, the main thing I loved about this episode was the first scene with Ruby visiting her, her mom's grave, who I, we previously assumed was, was dead and now is confirmed. And, uh, this scene just works. Well, she was confirmed dead in season two. Was she like confirmed dead? Yeah, there were, she didn't come home. Like, and it was. Okay. That's like, okay. She didn't say she's dead though. You know, um, but like, it was very obvious, like the only thing, like it wasn't like she went missing. They were like, she's dead. Like, yeah, I thought that it was pretty obvious that she was well, dead. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I agree. I had, I had assumed. So I didn't, but this is the first, first time she was like, 
mentioned on screen. I don't know if we'd said her name before, but it, I we knew it was no, Summer they said, Rose. No, they said Summer. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because they I knew it was Summer, episode. but I... That's, I, when, uh, they, that's when what? It's uh, all of that happens when um, Yang is like basically telling... Well, she's like, Blake, like, you need to chill. Like, yeah, yeah. You're going to die. Like, get some sleep. And, like, she told, like, her whole life story. That's yeah, why I found all of it out. This is, like, the only time that we learn almost anything about Yang, in my opinion, is this... Uh, and Ruby. In, and, well, the, her Ruby's backstory. But I feel like Yang is often the least developed of the of the oh, characters. Yeah. I feel like Yang is the uh, amethyst of of the main characters of yeah. the show, the least developed yeah. one. And uh, I agree. and I, that was the biggest scene for her in terms of like having substance to her happy go lucky, you know, fun character. Um anyway, uh yeah, this this intro, this introductory scene was kind of beautiful. It was not kind of. I thought it was very beautiful. I thought the back the backgrounds were kind of something I hadn't seen before in the show. Ruby kind of talking solo was uh a was really I mean, Ruby's just a very sympathetic character, and having her kind of uh, get us back into the world by her talking about what was going on at school and um, talking about uh, her dad and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, obviously it also has the other layer of um, this being, you know, the first thing we see since since Monty has died. And it was, it's, I don't know, it was very emotional for me to watch. Uh, I kind of, it was, that was, that kind of hit me hard when, when Monty, when Monty died this, this year, when it happened. And, uh, it's I don't know I don't really react to many kind of non-personal uh, deaths. I mean there you know there's the people who are like oh the celebrity died oh no you know like my my uh, I'm gonna be sad all day and stuff like that and that's not typically me um, but this one pretty hit me hit me pretty hard so I was um, very uh, you know I don't know this this I think emotionally connected well I think it's great to kind of have this thing coming off of that uh for you know for the crew involved and stuff like that and i don't know i'm just very very happy that the show is continuing kind of this being his dream show and i feel like this is uh great to see you know his his dream continuing to be realized with the show and uh i think uh the other thing is his his brother voicing red now uh that was kind of an emotional thing to have happen and uh you know i just i think all of it really works and especially this scene kind of tying it all together um yeah, that uh, less eloquent than in my head as as expected. <laughs> that uh, that type of speech thing. Uh, yeah. So the specifics we can start getting into the thing by thing through the episode now. Um, so yeah, Ruby at her, you know, her mom Summer Rose's grave. Um, on the the tombstone, I have found out since we have I've been sitting on the episode for like over a day, so I've actually been able to figure out what's going on. Is uh, not that this show has hidden meaning, but. Uh, Thus kindly I scatter written on that, which is a lyric of The Last Rose of Summer, a poem by Irish poet Thomas Moore written in 1805. Um, Interesting touch. Uh, uh, The only thing of note I'd say from this poem is if it starts off like, uh, "'Tis the last rose of summer left blooming alone, all her lovely companions are faded and gone.'" So if this this is going to be hinting at anything, it might be that trouble is coming to Ruby's dad and her uncle. Um, and Raven is also still alive. So all of them, except for Summer or for Summer Rose, um, which are the team, which we haven't, you know, this is, I don't know how explicitly it's stated in the show is um, her uh, Ruby's parents, Ruby and Yang's parents team. So I don't know if uh, I don't think, I don't think we're foreshadowing death in <laughs> death with uh, death within them, but that might be a thing from that poem. Uh, the, we see Ruby's dad for the first time, Ruby and Yang's dad there half sisters of course and um 
he's i don't know if we knew that he was teaching at signal do you remember that if they said yes. that like we know that her her uncle teaches at signal uncle. but did we know that the dad yes. also taught at signal yes i think we did know that oh right. i'm not sure yeah if the i don't remember it them saying it. there's a lot of expositioning <laughs> done um and apparently they're going back on missions, which is interesting. I want to see how Raven factors into that. Um, you know, Raven, uh, the, end, the end credits to the season seemingly confirm what we have thought, which is that Raven is Yang's mother. Um, Summer being Ruby's mother, Raven being Yang's mother. It's the one she talked to at the end of volume two. Would you, you saw the, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? The photo in the opening credits of this season? I would say yes. Yeah, I would say that 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 is that is confirming that. Um, so I'm interested to see if she factors into this going back on missions. Well, I thought from her it was dad. like it was confirmed. It was the other team member, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, I don't know why. Okay, I well, didn't know her name. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's we knew that there was another team member. It's the connecting the person who Yang was talking to at the end of last season to oh. the other team member. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just I just assumed that was who it was. Everyone was like, knew. Okay, everyone um, was speculating it was that anyway. So, okay. yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, it's an interesting to bring that up here. Uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna do with the thing that. Thing for me is I'm not like I haven't. I've literally been. In, I'm not in the fandom. Like so, I'm yeah. like uh, I'm like it's a mystery, is it? Because I'm just like I come to these conclusions and I'm like, I, is, is it a mystery? I don't. know. Well, as a, as a you know as a person who got up today, you would you would assume that based off of what happened in volume two, right? Yeah. Um, which is what I'd say most people would watching it. Uh, I, I like I like lampshading. First, this is the first time we we hear about the confusion with the title Ruby. Together we form Team Ruby, and before you ask, that does cause a lot of confusion. Um, <laughs> I laughed. I was like, "That's good." Uh, yeah, let's let's bring let's wait until until volume three to bring up this very confusing thing. Interesting. Um, Ospin, he says Ospin's sounding a lot like her uncle Crow now. Interesting. Uh, Zway is there. Yeah. Uh, and her, we see her dad, Tai Yang, for the first time, um, who's dropping her back at Beacon. Are, are you his way fan? The doggy. What? The doggy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's not. He's not back apparently. For 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 now, we don't see him. <laughs> the best part of his way is, I think, is Weiss's reaction to to him for sure. No, I was about to say that. Like yeah. he was like this mutt, and then is it gonna stay with us forever? <laughs> like <laughs> great. <laughs> I love when Weiss is not like, yeah, like super, super serious and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we go right into the tournament, um, commentating the 40th annual Vital Tournament <laughs> Festival. First of all, it's the 40th annual, which is like, isn't that the number of the Hunger Games for one of them? I don't know. Um, uh, I don't remember. Yes. Is it is it like 40th no, or 60th? No. It's no, because it's or it's fiftieth. Okay, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's fiftieth. Okay, never mind. Yeah, why are we having Professor Professor Port and Professor Ublet commentating this to kind of like national television? <laughs> that is my question here. I, I don't know. They I just, seem. I mean, it's. I understand why it's happening in terms of like uh, having a familiar characters doing the commentary. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. I guess because they're hosting. What are your opinions on? Uh, that makes sense. I guess they're the hosting uh, school. What are your opinions on Port and Ublet? It's basically like um, Professor Benz and Flitwick like commentating. <laughs> it's really weird. Like that's the equivalent. Well, really, um, what's his fate? Port is like Hiroshi Sato. So, but they do look similar. Yeah, they look. They could be. They could be brothers. Yeah. But um, 
I think it's funny. Like, uh, is it Ublek? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Ublek. Yeah. Cracks me up. Like, great. And it was, he, like, his hair looked different. Does he usually, does he, he looks different. And I was like, what? I didn't notice he looked different. I would, I'll check that. But his hair looked different. Yeah, he was very good at the end of last season. Um, Yes. Happy to see the return of Ublek, even if it is in in this context. Uh, And then Professor Port is like, whatever. Yeah. We even seen, I don't think we saw much of him last season, although I don't know if he had his. Yeah, no, I think most of his stuff was was season one. Um, so well, he is... would just talk and be like, and like you couldn't even. They he was like blah blah blah. Oh yeah, and yeah. Like characters doing yeah. stuff. Uh, this is from the Amity Coliseum. There's a World of Remnant uh, put out last week. Um, they do these World of Remnant, which are like these two minute things, which are like let's explain some of the mythology of the show in like a video, and we don't want to put an episode out this week. So they're going to be two. They're going to be two more of these this season. Um, and I don't know when, when those are going to be, there might be surprises. It's like, Oh, no episode today, just a world of remnant. I think next week's an episode. And then the third week is not, um, I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. So this one was talking about the Amity Coliseum and the vital festival tournament, which is basically the Olympics and, um, celebrate peace, uh, between kingdoms. It rotates. The Coliseum is made up of segments, uh, made from all the kingdoms and it can move between the kingdoms somehow. That is interesting. I don't know how this Coliseum Magic. moves. Yeah, there's like yes. a small amount of magic in the show, so I guess I guess that. So yeah, I would I would I would say people's semblances is like the most magicy this show gets. Um, I don't oh, know. Dust itself is magic. Dust, it's yeah. It like straddles the line between actual like energy and then kind of weird mana magic avatar type things. Well, I don't. You know? I mean, I could see it as being a kind of energy, but the way they use it, it's very magicy. Uh yeah, I mean it, yeah, like if if Weiss would if be the dust the, into clothes, like it's magic. Weiss would be the magic user of the party, I guess. If anyone, although she's also a combat. We'll talk. We we're gonna get into this. <laughs> the differences between them as as we talk about their selection for the doubles round. That's my big my big uh, question today. Um, there. Uh, so and then this initial scene is Team Ruby fight, fighting Team Auburn of Haven, which is also where the um the guys are from i believe yeah where uh sun and neptune are from uh of note on team auburn is one of them is named bolin <laughs> i don't know if you knew, if if you if this was obvious in the episode but but they like introduce these characters at a con he was he's the one that looks like an airbender too so this seems like a very conscious yep, thing i knew it yeah <laughs> uh what did you think of te- the designs of team auburn from what you see what you saw what do you think of like skateboard girl and stuff no, I was about to say, if there was a magic skateboard, I'm all for it. Yeah. I got really excited about it. Like, Skater girl, yes. One of them just, like, had a gun and didn't do anything. And then... Well, like, he was the only interesting one. Yeah, I mean, Bolin seemed cool, but he didn't do much. Uh, her shoes, Reese. Uh, the only reason I have the names is because I have the wiki open and they introduced them at, like, a con or something. Uh, so I wonder if we'll see more of them, because they kind of consciously designs them and everything. So it could just be for this though. So this fight, yeah, it's it kind of goes on for a while. Um, for me, it goes on for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I, this isn't one of the one of my favorite ones of the series. Like to me, you know, for the, in terms of your top tier ruby fights, you got your Emerald Forest, um, which is still my favorite sequence of the entire show. In the very beginning of them finding their partners yeah. and stuff, uh, 
you got your train at the end of last season, uh, them splitting into groups and fighting around the train. And then you have the very end of last season with uh, introducing Coco and um, everyone on that team and them who are probably, to a casual viewer, make it's very confusing who they are. They just go out and start fighting. But um, Team CFVY with Coco and Velvet. And that was pretty awesome too. So this is not rivaling that for me. But it was still it was still fine. And I love the the song during it. Which was uh, starts. I don't know the name of it. Starts with "You Were the One," though. Um, done with all songs on this by uh, Jeff Williams and Casey Williams singing that. And I recently made sure I had all the songs for the show on my iTunes, and they're great. So. I love the music of the show. It's like one of my main motivations for watching. The music is wonderful. It's like for me, it's like the music is great, and also how they use it within the fight, like making all the fights a music video. Yeah. It's such. It's so cool. That's why I like it because it's like, and it's and it's like alt-rock music and it's awesome it's like purposely corny alt, yeah you know like all rock music and stuff like that okay. it's like at first you listen to the theme songs and it's like oh is this good and it's like no but then you listen to it more and you're like okay this is actually good so because like, like this is my kind of music that i like to listen to and then i'm like with animation and fighting this is like perfect it was made for me yes it's, it's yeah uh what do you think of the new credit song from what you've when you've heard of it when it falls I liked it. I mean, it threw me off at first because, like, this is different. It is different. Yeah, I was thrown off at first. I've listened to it several times since then. I, I think it's kind of as good as I've the only others. Wa- I've only watched it once. Right now, I would say I don't like it as much as the others, but that could change. Yes, yes. All uh, of note. I've only heard it once. Of note, the lead vocalist for Ruby songs, Casey Lee Williams, is fifteen. So it's that's that's interesting. It's the daughter of the composer, and I figured, yeah. It, make, it makes sense with all of the anime themes like are with uh, 20 year old voice actors is trying to copy younger voices anyway. So here you actually have, uh, although it's different than um, anime themes because this is like she more... does a good job. She, no, I think she does do a great job. I love the music. For, I love no, this song great. for the awesome. for the intro fight. And um, what do we what do what do we not talk about? So my favorite part of this fight sequence is, of course, Ruby and Weiss's one interaction uh, with uh, Ruby being like, my BFF. And then Weiss is like, no. And then Ruby's like, yes. And it was great. That was was the best part of the episode. JK. But it was still really good. It's like um, when I just always love it when like all four of them like link up and do something crazy. So I really liked the wave and then like throwing. So and then it shocked me because like, I'm like, okay, they're going to throw Yang. But then they also threw Blake. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do that. with. At first, it seems like it's going to be just like a Weiss and Yang thing. And then Blake and Ruby, to a certain extent, get involved. And that's really interesting. In the final ring out of all of them. Um, and then, um, I always, uh, since they like, it was really interesting. I don't, well, I don't know if I hadn't noticed it before because they hadn't mentioned it. But like, now that they've been doing more and more of, again, this is, might be an inaccurate statement because I didn't notice it until they said it, you know, when when uh, Blake said her semblance was that she could throw up an image of herself and hide behind it. Like, that, like, you, we didn't see that until she said that, right? Like, I, I mean, I have to go back and watch. But like, so, I'm, okay, I am no semblance expert, so I'm not the one to ask about this, but Blake's is the only one that I am for sure gets mentioned in the show. Uh, it's possible their other semblances are being used subtly within the fight scenes, um, but yeah. yeah, Blake's is the only one that's very obvious to me, and she so uses. We know, her... we know um, Yank's semblance. It's just involved with her uh, attacks. Is that it? Yeah, her semblance is that 
because uh, it wasn't stated as her semblance, but like I'm assuming this like when Ruby says what make that's what makes her special. That's what her semblance is. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. We know Yang's semblance too. Yeah, it's she that she gets uh, as her HP goes down. She increases her strength basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're right. That's probably her semblance. Um, so, like, what I was saying was that like with Blake, like I didn't notice it until like they said that was her semblance was. So I'm as far as I'm concerned, we never saw that before that point. So like I'm always really excited, and it happened this fight scene several times where like she does it and i love it like i'm like yes yeah it's really effective here and this is like the most she's used it that we've seen um and is that super effective yeah that was one of my most noticeable things in the fight the other one is weiss's giant ice fist that she like traps two of them in um which is kind of cool been using more and more of her runes and it's interesting interesting Uh, glyphs that's what they're called glyphs that's her that's her semblance they said that too that she can um use her when did they say that very in the very beginning uh, I can't remember which episode it was. It was like, you know, season two, because they were like, you have your this, I have my glyphs, and then I can't, like, I can't remember what, like, uh, I think it was Yang was like, you and your glyphs, and then something else. Semblances like, are, like... yeah, go ahead. So I don't know if that is her semblance, but we haven't seen anyone else do glyphs, so I think her semblance might be glyphs. It would make sense. I Semblances to me are one of these aspects of the show's mythology, which are like, not developed to a satisfactory extent like it's something they introduced and it's relevant when they want it to be but uh it's not something that's fully explained i don't know if well, we've had uh... happens with everything with ruby like there's a lot of things they bring up and they'll bring it back and i'm like i forgot this was a thing yeah this is this to me though is something that needs to be more explained because it's one of like the only magic things in the show that we won't naturally understand um yeah. but it's fine i mean it's just like used for cool stuff <laughs> And uh, eventually will be a plot with uh, John with uh, John at some point, right? You know, um, I assume uh, it's here. Yeah. So that that was those were. I mean, we had other cool stuff with. Um, I think the skateboard girl like grabs one of Weiss's things and like uses it at some point, which is yeah. interesting. That was I noticed that like second viewing, and that was really interesting. Well, they also um, broke off a piece of the environment, and then she put it in her skateboard. Yeah, I mean, that's what I know. That's might what it what it might have been, or maybe that's two separate things. I'm not sure. Uh, it seems, by the way, it seems like OP if they get the ice strain because that seems like Weiss is better there. <laughs> I feel like they're going to be worse off in other places. I'm yeah. They well, don't... I think that, I think that depends. It's the random. Yeah, it's just random terrain selector. It seems like. Okay, yeah. So we have we have all of that, and then we have um, the kind of the middle scene on the fairgrounds before we get back to the stadium. Uh, Ruby's hungry uh weiss says gee if only there's somewhere on campus get food around here oh wait and then ruby says it's okay weiss i forget about the fairgrounds too and weiss says i was being facetious if you were hungry why didn't you just say so says ruby so great great, some great uh interactions there between dumb ruby and uh (laughs) impatient weiss it was really funny that ruby's like is anyone else starving and then blake's stomach yeah uh w- w- <laughs> do we think this was too dumb of ruby or was it uh fine no i think it's like i mean ruby's smart but like she's also like two years younger than everyone else and yeah. like that that can happen where sarcasm can go and and weiss is like well i mean weiss is like generally sarcastic but sometimes I mean, you can't really tell when she's being sincere or sarcastic so i think it's fair yeah that part is fair what about not knowing the word facetious though so <laughs> That, that... I mean, there, if we did a poll, if we did a poll right now, <laughs> Dylan, of like, what's 
my dorm okay my dorm's not a good example um the dorm next to mine like you would make like just a poll of any population there's not gonna be a lot of people are you dumber or smarter than ruby poll i don't think i think people would pass that's my my guess no not in the general population probably not I think I think sometimes they make Ruby seem kind of dumb, and then other times she's really smart. So I feel like it's whenever they want it conveniently. She just kind of—I mean, I don't even—I don't really think they make her seem dumb. I mean, she's a little immature at times. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that part is like character development, though. Like sometimes she's yeah. immature, and then she shows her matureness and stuff like that. Anyway, I mean, I'm not going to hold it against her that she didn't know what facetious meant. I mean, Ruby is my fave, so I was, I was, I was fine with it. Uh, <laughs> here we have Emerald. Um, this is the most emerald we've ever had uh talking to yeah. other than like the first episode last season she had that one big introductory scene with mercury and uh emerald uh p- like pickpockets ruby and then gives her a wallet back and ruby says girl pockets are the worst confirm or deny confirm <laughs> confirm i've heard this is a 100 percent back I'm surprised she has pockets. I her, feel like Ruby, um, yeah, but if Ruby designed her own thing, then I feel like it, might, it should have pockets. I don't know, though. It should have, you think her weapon should have pockets? Not her weapon, her battle, like, outfit, which she always wears. She bought, I, Dylan, she bought it. Did she I buy it? She bought her outfit. Are you sure? She made her weapon. She I made. Know. I know she made her. Who says? Who's to say she didn't make her her uh, combat doubt, skirt? I'm, I'm just surprised that her battle skirt has pockets to begin with. It's kind of a thing. I think that Monty said that they wanted to put pockets in all of the characters' outfits. So um, I've heard this that he, so that people who cosplaying them would have pockets when when they did Good. that. I'm glad. So it's weird that they have this line here. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So uh, Ruby. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ruby says, what's up, M? Which is interesting, that Emerald is M. And then she's super embarrassed at uh, Emerald praising her. Um, What's your read on this embarrassment? Uh, Like, do you mean, am I, is it, as in, was this Cora gay embarrassment? Are you you feeling some shipping vibes from this, or is this just... uh, Yeah, I was like, is that what you're asking me, or... I think think it was not. I think that this is just Ruby being, uh, yeah, embarrassed. No, it's just Ruby, like, being like her adorable self okay speaking uh, let's get this out of the way now speaking of which um there's a facebook q a like a few days ago and um miles answered so the question is writers i know you get this question a lot but are at the moment are there any plans for lgbtq plus characters to be introduced revealed or revealed if they're already in the show and miles says yes monty was actually very adamant about one character in particular you'll see soon so i don't know what that means Wait, wait, soon, does that mean, like, the, that, does that mean it's a new character? See, I have I have read this sentence, like, five times, and I don't know if he's trying to say if it's a new character or a character that we already know and you'll just see soon. I mean, I've, I'm adamant that Ruby's gay. That is my personal opinion. So Ruby's, there's a few characters who we know are attracted to certain people. We The show has very little romance, but, like, we know that Weiss was into uh, Neptune. Yeah. Um, and we probably think that Blake is into soon, right? Um, but it's more of the opposite way, but probably a mutual thing. Uh, Ruby, yeah. we've definitely not had any feelings expressed by yeah. her any in any in any sense. So maybe that's However, the thing. Yang, Yang also, I feel like, is also a good candidate because... Like, Yang also, I do not think, has expressed like- feelings. She's, she's like pseudo flirted with the club owner which that scene makes more sense if you've seen her trailer i'm not sure if you've also made flirtatious comments towards um other characters 
I mean, I'm all about the Bumblebee, which is uh, Blake and Yang. So I feel like uh, yeah, no, I think yeah, boat, yes, yeah. So I'm, I feel like uh, there's been something there, but you know, I don't know. So that dance, I was like, oh god. Yeah, I guess someone uh, has my has my first dance, and then yeah, it's it's great. Uh, so we're gonna have the uh, gay watch as our regular segment for which we're saying tongue and cheekly, by the way. It's more accurately I queer watch, but. Every show we watch, we have the gay watch. Well, this we had specifically had an answer by one of the crew members saying it's going to happen soon. So, it's this is also like the biggest frustration with the show because like every ship um, with the show is queer and uh, it it's uh, but it never happens in the actual show, right? So male characters are all potatoes. I'm sorry. Well, this is a show with four female leads and they've never explored romance between the leads at all. It's just something that you would expect naturally um, to be to, to happen with. With that, and I don't, okay, define potato. You say male characters are all potatoes. This is something you mentioned before. Yeah, well, along with the show would be like five hundred percent better if they were gay. Um, yeah, define define potato. Uh, like they're not like honestly, maybe for the exception of John. If if we removed the other characters, there would be no difference. The show would be the same. They're they're all side characters. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know if that's the good a good use of potato, but I agree. They're 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 just well, like they're also like they're just they're not like again yeah they're side characters, but like I don't, they're just the show. It, unnes- here's my big thing with Ruby. The show introduces too many characters and plot elements constantly. Um, the biggest example of this is Neo, the villain at the end of uh, of uh, Volume Two, which we see again here. But uh, it's it, a name. She uh, Neo the. Um, the uh what's the uh, what's the eye condition dye dichromatic um different oh, colored okay. eyes yeah her um what's the fire girls cinder okay the i main... apologize i don't know character cinder is the main villain they don't do they ever say cinder in the show i'm not even sure they said cinder once now that you've said it emerald was like cinder like i okay. I like i distinctly remember that yeah now. um cinder's you know the, the as of now is the big bad and then everyone's you know under her uh so yeah, Soon and Neptune do not seem super super relevant to the plot. I, I would agree with that. John is then, like, is relevant, and Ren is somewhat relevant, but that's it. It's like like John is a potato, Ren is a quiet potato. I, I I take issue with this use of potato, but I get what you're saying. They're just I just there's nothing like for them to be for them to be main characters. Like I'd be upset if they were girls. Like they're just, just John. Like, John is the closest I, thing to a main character the show has outside of the four female leads. I'll say that yeah. because they specifically give him this very bad arc in season one. Yes, um, when he is the focus of the show. That is the show at its worst by far. Is that John bullying arc? Um, so okay, back to this. So we we'll be on the lookout for which character is queer. That's that's our that's our big. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Is or if it's a new character, I'm not sure. I hope we do not introduce more characters. That is my thing. I hope it's Ruby or Yang. Or I don't actually. I know. I just as long as it's one of the characters we already have. Yeah, you don't just want them to introduce the token gay, right? That's the that's the yeah. Thing. No, yeah. Completely, like, it'd be it. Like Monty being adamant that it was one character in particular. It's it. It's so that that could mean that it was one character they plan to introduce for sure now because um they said that before you know a while ago Monty and Miles and Carrie plan, planned out um many seasons of the show so they have the general plot outlines for a while, um, so it could be that it's a new character, major character they're introducing, or it could be that it's like they just hadn't got around to having romance with one character who was so far, you know. Uh, so we'll see. I would very much prefer the latter of those two. Uh, we have 
Oh yeah. So, okay. That was all from the Ruby being embarrassed. Um, I feel like we never get to see your other teammates as uh, who, I don't know which one that was, who said that, but yeah, that was kind of a, and then we get to see that it's Neo Neapolitan. The, is the, therefore teammate in disguise. Uh, did you, did you like, as someone who just marathoned it all today, did that make sense? No, I was like, what? Okay. Good. Well, okay. Well, the thing, okay. I was expecting to see her. Like, I was like, oh, it's going to be her. And then like it happened and I was just like, cause I had this moment. Where I was like, okay, it's going to be these two people. And then I saw them and I was really confused. But then like she flashed her eyes and I was like, what? Yeah. So she's like, like she's com- like completely changed her appearance, but now she has, yeah. but yeah, the, the reveal was when oh, she also, has the. About gay watch. I think we have to seriously consider the pop- possibility that it's Rin. That it's uh, Ren. Interesting. Ren. Which would, that would annoy me that we just have like the quiet gay character and I'll be like, really? Ren and John romance? People ship that. Um, I, mean, I ship Ren and Nora. But... I mean, that's like the closest thing the show has to a canon ship, right? So. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? So yeah, Neo. Neo is, um, I love Neo's character design. She was awesome when she came in last season. I feel like she is completely extraneous to the plot right now. Um, yeah. But. She's really cool, and she is also super beloved by, like, the part of the fandom that I see. Uh, she also has not talked yet, right? Um, so yeah, it's like, is she mute or is she just not talked? We'll see. Um, yeah, so she's the fourth teammate. I also feel like we never see they never see Cinder. I mean, Ruby saw Cinder that one time when they initially met them, but it's like yeah. they always interact with Emerald and uh, Mercury, right? Mercury, yeah. They never, they never see Cinder. Also, Ruby, did Ruby actually see Cinder that one time um, after the dance, or was it just the cheetah mask on so that she didn't notice her, that it was her? Uh, she like she saw her, but she doesn't like. I don't, I, I don't know if she, I don't think she'd piece it together. Okay, so this could be a future plot point is Ruby piecing that together. But she has met, like, she met them, like I think you said that she met them when like they showed up. Yeah, she definitely met them when they showed up. Yeah, but she, yeah, so but she, she doesn't know. Yeah, like she wore a mask. Yeah. Wow. It was like so not obvious that it was her. Yeah. Uh, What's what cracks me up? Like they changed their outfits, and I'm like, you. We. This is like the superhero in the cheekbone thing. Like you. Like it's like Cinder doesn't look any different. She's just you can see her stomach. Like that's the only difference. Cinder looks the same. I agree. (laughs) It should be obvious that it's her. There's, Good job. I don't know if it's it's like like it doesn't happen in the episode, right? So it must have been in the trailer that it's like uh they're who they're they're among us. Uh someone someone says that. It's like, okay, you can pick out that uh <laughs> this this is this trio who randomly came here who didn't actually transfer from another school. Ah, I feel like you can figure out that this is these are the villains. Yeah, but right. They have not right. done that yet, so <laughs> uh um we'll talk about that in very briefly at the end in terms of direction of the plot. Neo or yeah, so they said they did really well in the first round. She says, Emerald says, my teammates are all kind of introverted. Um, and we have a whole thing with that, which was weird. Uh, and she's like awkwardly smelling a boot. Yeah, which seemed not planned, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But no. she says, Merc and I are going to move on to the doubles round. What do you think of uh, her calling him Merc? I don't know if we've seen that before. Uh, I feel like do you ship had, it? Like, do you ship it? I, I do. I ship it. I don't know how I feel about Mercury. Like, I like his name and his like character design. Yeah, he hasn't done but... much though. Yeah, I really like yeah. Emerald. She's really cool. I do like Emerald. She's she's pretty cool. Yeah, but and then I it... probably ship it. I don't know. 
uh ruby and emerald that's probably a ship i have the list of ruby ship names if we want to that's the thing about ruby ships by the way is that they have the best names that's that's the notable thing i remember we've had this conversation before and i was yeah like, i mentioned it without that. yeah without you having seen it but they're just it, the show naturally has colors for its main characters like they all care uh color attributes so you can combine them and get uh, awesome ship names and then of course uh we had blake and yang being bumblebee and then they actually said bumblebee in the show like the bumblebee maneuver was them was them doing a thing in season two so that was pretty cool uh yeah so mercury or uh they're going to the doubles round um and she says who's you know who's going on for you and ruby's like we put it to a vote or she's like i chose and though we put it to a vote and it's weiss and yang for team ruby which i'm gonna hold off on talking about but uh for one second um but then Emerald goes back. It's a Mercury's like, how are the new friends? And Emerald says, I hate them. How can they be so happy all the time? Which was great. Because Ruby's yeah, like, I la- just like, happy, all, it's happy really all the time. It's really funny because like, I was expecting, you know, I was expecting like a, like a ruder response, but no, just, why are they happy all the time? Like, it's just funny. Are we on track for a Mercury or a uh, Emerald likes them too much and can't, uh, and betrays her and betrays Cinder plotline? Okay. Well, two things on that, I guess. Like, I'd say, as of right now, I'd say like if this if this wasn't Ruby, I'd say no. But things happen in Ruby very quickly to the point where things almost don't make sense when we go from point A to point B sometimes. So I'm actually going to say yes. This is probably where we're going. Well, they're definitely more friends in this episode than we'd seen previously. Like it seemed like I think that this is like we don't have a lot of like in between periods in Ruby, which is fine. Like, we just kind of jump from points, which is, I, I'm glad that the show moves quickly, but there are certain developments that get confusing, and I could see this happening. Yeah. Like being I, I, one of those things. I mean, it seems like Ruby and Emerald are closer than we'd seen them previously. We'd yeah. seen them in the same class before, though, so it's not, like, unprecedented, and we saw them meeting in Volume 2. Um, I'm all for Emerald doing more awesome things, because she's the best. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Weiss and Yang being Team Ruby's selections for the doubles round of the tournament. So I was like, what? <laughs> when they said this, here's my thing. Whenever I think of best fighter on team Ruby, I think of Blake. Yes. Like, I feel like Blake is clearly their best, their best fighter. I mean, there's an argument for Yang and Weiss is pretty good too. And Ruby is great. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't, but Weiss is. Weiss is like, does things that no one else can do. Um, yes. So it depends if you want well, that. Weiss is very and she's not like as good on the fly yeah i could see her not being a great tournament fighter you know yeah which that i think that's why they made the selection because blake and ruby will do great on their own like they will both probably advance to the finals um because they have like because like, you know that's they explained it that way no, no no it's uh it's it's doubles and then if you the doubles team wins then they select one person of the doubles no, to they them. have a separate they because they had two different brands they had the four person then they went out to the top and then they had okay so this seems really ambiguous after <laughs> after watching the remaining oh, competitors that's code for delaney's right no no no. you're right that there's a second part which i didn't remember but it says the remaining competitors will fight their way to a that's singles bracket but when they show that there's four of them but there should only be two remaining per team so i guess this is two per team and then a second team but are they fighting each other no, no this no. has just got to be four random people yeah this is this is okay so what i was saying was they picked these team. They picked Weiss and Yang because they will do better as a team in okay. their solo. But then Ruby and Blake will do awesome just by themselves because what they do is they have the, they don't have to fight. Like they'll they'll just go in as solos. 
So this makes more sense now. How? But the thing is that they seem like it seems like the doubles people uh, that they treat. They seems like they're treating that like a bigger deal. So they I'm not are. sure why. So <laughs> if if that is that more important, it doesn't seem like it. Well, I don't think it matters either way. But I think for me, like that's what I. That's the only way I could figure out that why it would make sense strategically, other than maybe there's some plot thing that happens. Would be that Ruby and Blake. Blake will naturally be fine on her own. So will Ruby, and then. But Yang and Weiss will work, work a lot better together. Yeah, okay, I can see that. But uh, yeah, so then the next question is, why aren't they picking two partners to to be the doubles, right? It should be, shouldn't it be that uh, Ruby and and Weiss are better together or Blake and Yang because they're the partners? I thought, I thought it was going to be Ruby and Weiss. Yeah. Or is the show just abandoning the partners thing altogether? Because they, they haven't really brought that up in a while. Hmm. It's not super relevant. They're just all on the same team. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know. I think I think there even might be something even like maybe Ruby and them have a plan. Maybe. Like, I don't know. It's it seems this seems like we haven't seen much interactions between Weiss and Yang in the past. This seems like an odd or a uh yeah. Yeah, this is, seems like odd. an odd pairing to go on to the doubles round. Anyway, okay. Might be having that we'll see. We'll see how this works. Um, how many, how much tournament fights are we going to get? Are we going to get individual fights too, or are they just be referenced? I'm not sure. I hope we don't get like a bunch simply because like they'll get really repetitive. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with seeing flashes of a bunch, but. I assume this is only a beginning of the season thing, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so that the Robin, the Robin plays, we re- talked about this before. Um, we have the thing with, uh, Blake and the fish and we have, um, Weiss is, uh, Weiss's card is declined. Okay. So what's going on with Weiss and her dad? Is this her dad getting mad at her for not picking up the phone or is this something else? I feel like it's probably a mixture. It's probably the mixture of both because we know that she didn't call him when she went to the tower. Yeah. And then now she's not answering his calls. So it makes me think something happened. And then that, I don't. I think it could be. It could either be that something happened, like the company's going under, like he could be being investigated. Well, or... we okay. So, so there's known information here. So we know that a character this season is going to be Weiss's older sister, uh, Winter. Yes. So that's really interesting. I saw her. Yeah, she looks awesome. And I'm very excited for that. So that, I assume that deal relates to this in some way. Yeah, like she comes and what? And I think in the. Like clip, it's like Weiss is like crap. Like just the look on her face is very not a, not happy. Yeah, I don't want I don't want Weiss not to be happy, but I also am interested to see to yeah. see what's her. So I don't know. Uh, Pira and Team Juniper come, and Pira pays, and uh, we have a lot of. She's perfect in all ways. Pira is pretty great. Yeah, great. I love her. Other than that, she's not like assertive enough. I think, but that's like her flaw. No, yeah, I agree. yeah. Um. Uh. Nora says we have a world-renowned fighter, ba- uh, basically a ninja. I can bench five of me and Jane and yeah, son. Yeah, and it's it's uh, is, are you gonna take that? And she's not wrong. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Jen now? In um, since the show has uh, gotten away from him being really annoying. I mean, he's less of a potato. I like John. He's fine. Yeah. He's he's him wearing a dress made me feel a lot better about him. Since then, he's been good. Uh, we have Nora ranting about uh, this terrible thing. What would happen if they lose? And um, 
the only new we get new information in that her and Ren are orphans, which we didn't know before. And uh, other than that, she's great. Nora's great. She cracks me up. Yeah, and they're Team Ruby's like now he can have actual fights, fights with actual guidelines, and not with murderers. Um, <laughs> I interesting. Like that. Yeah. Okay, and then the end of this is them watching Team Juniper. We see Cinder come in. Um, apparently, all of them, the team villain knows if Juniper is going to win or lose, but it didn't seem obvious to me which one that they knew. Uh, yeah, I don't... So I'm not sure what that was. Cinder well, said... There's this This was probably the, this, this episode at its worst, but it was just because general and like, not obvious what was going on. Cinder was like, even well, if you know how a story ends, it doesn't make it any less fun to watch. Uh, Cinder, I very much disagree with you <laughs> on a general level. Cinder, this is a existential debate about spoilers that Cinder is having here. Oh, don't even. Uh, <laughs> I will argue with you. I will argue with you. This is like, Cinder is Sam here, and, um, <laughs> and I'm heavily disagreeing with Sam reading Wikipedia articles before she watches things. That's what this is. Well, I think if you have, like, no, I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> Why but did she say this line? What is, how does it make any sense in context? I mean, it doesn't. It was just so she could like look evil and attractive in Papa Colonel. That's the only yeah, reason she, she pops said her it. own popcorn. Yeah, that's pretty great. And then, and we... then uh, well, I was gonna say about the. Uh, I don't think that necessarily it's rigged. I think because they're evaluating people's abilities, that they know who's gonna win based on the abilities. It seems, yeah. For since um, since uh, Emerald and Mercury came to school, they've been trying to learn everyone's abilities we had that scene with uh emerald fighting pira and then we also have um them we also have uh emerald trying to figure out who uh the no, mercury fought mercury yeah mercury fought uh pira and then here we have emerald trying to learn the competitors of team ruby in this episode so it seems like they just yeah. know based off because they think they have all the information about that yeah like they like they have all the stats so i guess that's what that's referencing and then maybe they'll fight the winner. I don't know. But they already had their round of four match, so I guess not. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then the... And we don't know how many teams there are, because, like... Presumably a lot, like... but yeah. Yeah, no, it seems like a lot. Because we have all, all four kingdoms and all all of the... Uh... I mean, we didn't get to see... If I wonder if we'll get to see Team, um, team CFVY fights here with uh, coco and velvet but i have not see we we didn't see them at all at this episode those are the the upperclassmen that we know about uh, uh yeah and then you know the fight begins and then we cut away with uh and then we have the new opening credits which we already discussed okay um yeah overall i think it's a good introduction to to the season i mean it's not like the best episode of the show but like it was it was good i think yeah i liked it uh the one thing okay so looking forward in terms of the plot happening we're talking about how like we don't know whether the tournament's gonna how long the tournament's gonna go on and stuff and notable is that all of the villains right now are for the first time just contained within the school because like before we always had uh we always had like this outside um presence from roman and now he's um, locked up still, presumably. So, except for Adam. Um, Adam being the White Fang leader and Blake's former partner. We haven't seen him yet this episode. So that's going to be an interesting plot element right. to see. Yeah. So he's out there doing things, but he's not technically part of the villain team, except we saw him at the end of last season. So there's, this the show has too many elements. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of confusion going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, other, did I put off anything to the end that we haven't mentioned yet? I don't think. Okay. 
I think I think we're good. Yeah, over an hour on our 17 minute episode. That's good. This is our first one though. We had general introductions to Ruby. Last thoughts on Ruby you want to say today or this episode? It was really good. I love it. On the show, I mean, I mean this episode was good, but it wasn't like the best. We'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what um, happens next week. And... I'm interested to see this a less crazy plot or like with less pieces. I, I like when the show narrows in on our main cast. That is that is the yeah. favorite moments of, yeah. of us. Yeah, but we'll see. I feel like, if anything, next episode we're just going to have more people. Because, like I said, we haven't heard from a lot of. We haven't heard from Roman, Adam, uh, the other teams. Or also not from uh, from uh, Sooner, Neptune yet, anything with them. So there's still a lot of people. This this episode seemed like it had a lot of stuff. And it's also only half the cast. So that's interesting. And we need to see what kind of sketchy stuff the Headmaster's up to. Do we see Ozpin here? That's interesting. I don't think we did. I don't think so. We also didn't see um, uh, Ironwood either. Yeah. Who seems to be a big part. Or Penny, of course. Uh, They're both season. sketchy. Where's Penny? Where is she? Penny's not sketchy. Penny's great. <laughs> no, no. She's not sketchy. She's... So we have Gay Watch and Penny Watch. <laughs> Penny Watch, yeah. Okay, we'll see Penny what happens the there. the new um, Pacifica. Penny is... Yeah. Well... I mean, if you want to say that her and Ruby is a ship, then she is Pacifica. But there are people who ship that. That ship is nuts and no, I just meant like as that like, ship is like nuts and water, nuts like, and dolts, which is a great ship name. But yeah, oh I don't know God. where she is. Okay, let's let's wrap things up. I'm Del Nice, and that's Delaney Stellball. You can find everything at overlyanimated.com about this podcast. Um, we're going to continue with regular Ruby coverage. Uh, you can support the podcast at overly at pi- patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Um, we need your support to continue the podcast. Thanks to our current patrons, Shayna, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, and Jamie, a.k.a. Heyna, Fever Mitch, Cordell University, Beatrice Strange, Buzz Like You're a Mailman. Um, schedule this week, Monday night, we have uh, Gravity Falls. Um, Wednesday night, probably the podcast on Star Wars Rebels. Thursday, podcasting on Moonbeam City. And then next Sunday, Ruby. Still no Steven Universe because Cartoon Network sucks. And there you go. <laughs> okay. Last thoughts, Delaney. Nope. Let us know I what you thought of our, of our of our Ruby coverage. Britt may also be joining us on. She also watches Ruby on uh, when she's available. So there you go. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time tomorrow for Grady Fellows. Bye.